When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Zach, what's up, bro? Dustin, I know you're listening. It's Hook. Yeah, I know. I didn't think I was going to call you again either, but here I am. You know, I was thinking of putting the daggers back together. And we're going to need a couple of guys to knock around because the ramp locals, they're all disbanded. So I was kind of thinking about you. Give me a call back when you get a chance. Or don't. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. Congrats! You found $2 Late Fee, the best 80s movies podcast in the world. We revisit our favorite 80s movies. And sometimes 90s. And soundtracks from our youth. And then we interview our favorite people who help make them. All in the spirit of nostalgic positivity. Thanks for listening. Robert Russler is today's guest. He's joining us today on the show to talk about his career and what a career he's had. My gosh. Yeah, he's one of those guys, uh, obviously, you know, him from a lot of different 80s movies like Weird Science. Of course, he's the main villain in Thrashin. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, which many people, it's many people's favorite uh, part in all of them. Yeah, Robert's had a huge career, and he kind of gives the backstory on uh, many of the roles that he's played in the 80s and 90s. And just a very grateful guy. I think grateful is a good way to describe Robert's feelings presently. He's very grateful for what he's had as a career and the fact that it still is going strong and he's moving forward with it. He's got a lot of things in the pipe. He kind of teases some things, but Robert Russler was a great guest and it was a pleasure to have him on the show. Yeah, he really was uh, just a delightful guy who's, you know, as you said, just just so appreciative of the path that he, the, the journey. We talk about this a lot, but just coming out of the other side of an 80s film career alive and well and sane. Um, you know, he talks a lot about his relationship with Robert Downey Jr., which is quite incredible considering, you know, they both had these sort of paths that led them, thankfully, to sobriety and success and appreciation. So really, really interesting when obviously, you know, a lot of, a lot of fellow actors did not make it out. And it's a topic that keeps coming up and it's, it really can't be stated enough. How amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, he's on the show to just discuss all of that. And last but not least, he talks about Shag. And Shag's worth noting because not only did we have Annabeth Gish on our show a while back, we talked about Shag a while back with Dustin's wife, Erin, of course, but Shag is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. So it's Shagorific, and uh, he's got some fun recollections on that as well. It's Shagorific, is it? I mean, sure. Does that work? Okay. I mean, fine. I'll take it. <laughs> you got something better? Huh? Huh? You're saying, yeah, sh shag, shag, uh, shagamentary. 
Ooh, that is better. No, it's not. But uh, so you're saying the 35th anniversary is this year to 2023. Yes, correct. Crazy. 1988. A lot of great movies came out in 1988. Is 1988 as good as 1987? That'll be left up to debate on a future episode. I don't. I don't know. Um, wow, this is. In 87, we know, is, is great. We, we had 35th anniversaries for every movie uh, last year. Um, and hey, guys, the Patreon's never been more more awesome than it is right now. And if you if you get in with us, it's been so exciting since we kind of revamped um, our, our tiers. We simplified it. Now, yeah, just come on in. Five bucks a month gets you so much good content, interactivity. You can ask the questions to our celebrity guests. I mean, just so much good stuff. Our live trivia show is really taking off, right, Zach? Oh, my gosh. If you want to dethrone the current champion, come on our show. Become a Patreon subscriber. Come on our show. Dethrone the champ. You think you got trivia knowledge as good as our current champion? Well, let's find out. No, but sincerely, uh, we love the uniqueness of our Patreon. It is different than what we do on our regular feed but it continues the nostalgic love. So consider joining. It's a great way to keep the lights on in the $2 late fee video store, so to speak. Yep, and there are no late fees, despite our despite our title. So get on that. No, there aren't, but you'll have to listen to Tales from the Video Store to find that out. But until then, enjoy Robert Rustler and enjoy, oh, this mean looking dagger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, second, seconded. This has been a long time in the making, I think. You are a big, big uh, part of our, our 80s history, our love of the 80s and the 90s, and so many of the films you've been in, your appearances have uh, really been impactful to us. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we, we covered, uh, maybe two years ago, we covered Shag. We had Annabeth Gish on the show, and we talked to her about the idea of Buzz being a sweet potato, if I recall. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she had she had another but great th- things to say about her experience with you, but you know, but that movie in general was was that a was that a good experience for you? For you? Oh, I mean, I, I, how do I really explain it in words? You know, I mean, honestly, when I when I got the movie uh, and and I found out that I was going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for the summer. I I kind of was a little apprehensive because I didn't know anything about Myrtle Beach and. I figured I was going to Podunkville for three months and much to my surprise (laughs) when I got there, um, it was a blast. I mean, what a great place to spend a summer when you're young and, uh, and actually of age, you know, it was like that time when, you know, it, it wasn't like I was a teenager. I was just a young man. And, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina in 1989 was, uh, was firing on all cylinders. I mean, there was so much to do. There were so many young people. It was clean and gorgeous. And I was staying at, uh, you know, a beautiful Four Seasons Hotel right on Mm -hmm. the beach. And uh, there was no shortage of Southern Bells. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I was not a sweet potato. I was kind of a naughty potato, if I'm being <laughs> What's the purple uh, potato in Hawaii that's very popular? Poi? I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I was a I was a purple potato. <laughs> and I and I have uh also just fond memories. Um I, I love Annabeth Gish. I still love Annabeth Gish. She's just a a wonderful person and you know, yeah. funny and charming and you know, super just super intellectual and I mean I I doesn't everybody on the cast you know Bridget Fonda that was her first movie and 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 she um was nervous for no good reason because I thought she stole the movie and, mm. and uh she was yeah. just so um you know engaging and likable and gorgeous and uh you know Phoebe Cates was wonderful I I used to dream about her, you know, uh, as, <laughs> right. as, as many of us did at our age. Um, all I could keep thinking about when I looked at her was, hi, Brad. And, um, <laughs> and I got to kiss her and they paid me for it. I mean, you know, I feel extremely lucky and grateful to not only have done Shag, but all the movies that I've done that have turned out to be you know, a blessing and, and turned out to be cult classics. And, and uh, some, some of the films that I've appeared in have, have been very iconic. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, when I just have to be honest to everybody, like I, I, I'm one of those guys that understands how uh, lucky I am to be in that situation, but I also uh, worked very hard to get there. So there's more satisfaction in that. It, yeah. It's not like it just like landed in my lap. Like I, I studied hard and I worked hard and I got frustrated and I, um, there were several times when I was a young aspiring actor that I thought, well, maybe I should join the Marine Corps. I don't know if this mm. is me. And, you know, and then, um, one thing leads to the next and, uh, uh, I land a John Hughes movie and it changed everything. It sure did. I mean, that movie is, well, it's iconic, and it's almost forty years old at this point. Weird science for bonkers. anybody who's following along. Was that part of the audition? That sound? <laughs> no, I, that was actually uh, an improv in the moment. Really? As 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 much of Downey and I's uh, work was on that movie, uh, John uh, really let us go. And, uh, and a lot of that stuff from the mall scene and uh, entering the bar into the party. Uh, yeah, it was all just uh, improv. Hey, brother. What's happening, my main man? Right on. Scotch. Straight up. Yeah, give me the whole bottle. Tell you what, you bend over. Now she'll straight up your ass. On the rocks is fine. <laughs> Can you just talk a little bit about, because you said, you know, I'm like, you're debating the Marine Corps. Uh, you're obviously at that point in your life, you're, you're totally in the in the audition grind. Is that fair to say that you're just like, you're auditioning, but nothing's nothing's connecting, nothing's, no bites? No jobs. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to explain it correctly to people who aren't in the business and then to people who are, they'll relate is, you know, when you're, when I, I was going to class, and I was studying at the Loft Studio in Hollywood, which was um, scary and exciting at the same time, because part of being an actor is actually having to do the work, you know? And yeah. um, if it was easy, everybody would be able to do it. And I don't mean on TikTok. And, um, <laughs> and when you're going to auditions, 
and 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 you're and you're going to class and you're getting callbacks but not actually getting hired it there's a right. a, a juxta there isn't there so i mean i'm getting callbacks and and i'm getting close but um, sometimes it's hard to differentiate what feels worse, getting close and not getting or, or just not even, you know, uh, hitting one out in the park. You know, you're just yep. striking out. But there's that old saying is I'd rather be at the plate striking out than be in the stands, you know, uh, be, being a, or a couch coach. You know, uh, yeah. it's easy to look in and go it's indulgent or who do you think you are or I could do that or I could do that better or whatever it is because as an actor you put yourself up for critique don't you um some people love your work and and you get accolades and they want your autograph and some people you know are haters and they don't like your work or they want to make fun of you or put you down but whatever I've never cared about any of that all I ever really cared about was the fulfillment that comes with um, working hard at something and then achieving it and then executing the job, like I said, because there's something to that, you guys. You audition, you study, you meet, you get a job, and then here comes the work, right? You have to, you, are, am I going to show up and mail it in and just ask the director? to show me what to do or am i going to as i learned in class show the director who the character is by studying and preparing and uh marrying my own experiences with the facts based from the script you know who am i what am i doing here where am i at what do i want all those questions that you learn in acting class yeah and so you know when i when i did weird science um I was at a point where I told my mom, cause I was still living at home. I was, I was 18 and uh, I was, I was auditioning for about a year. And then I thought, man, I'm frustrated and I've paid a lot of dues, but you know, that's how I felt then looking yeah. back in retrospect, uh, that was nothing. <laughs> but when right. you're in the middle of it, it, it can be kind of daunting. So I got to that point where I read uh, Weird Science and um, and I thought, you know, if I now if I don't get this job, then something's wrong because mm. that's who I was in high school. I was that kind of bully that never was, physical. <laughs> you know, I, I always used humor. And if somebody took it the wrong way, you have to catch me to take it out on me. That That's who I was, you know, <laughs> that's funny. And um <laughs> And, and, uh, I mean, we, we used to do that growing up anyway. We used to go out and, and say, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, let's go get chased, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go, uh, let's go just, uh, hammer somebody verbally and make them chase us. Um, and so when I got to that point, I said to my mom, mom, if I don't get this job, I'm just going to join the Marine Corps and then I'm going to tackle it later. Uh, Cause mm -hmm. I really did. I did want to join the Marine Corps. How come? Sometimes, you know, you just have like an intuitive or an instinctual feeling about something. And I knew I could have been a good Marine. Hmm. And then, um, and then, um, my mom said, I'm going to hold you to that. So, uh, I went in and I, and I make a long story short, I read with Craig Sheffer, Craig Sheffer hmm. and I went in together as Max and Ian 
And mm. um, for those of you that don't know who Craig Sheffer is, he's a, a fantastic actor. Uh, oh, yeah. He was uh, in uh, A River Runs Through It. Uh, and a Some lot, kind of wonderful. Yeah, and... A lot of great films. We went in together and we read for, for John Hughes and his office at Universal. And, and, and John just looked at us and said, you're hired. He pointed at me, he said, you're Max. And he pointed at Craig and he said, you're Ian. Wow. And, and all wow. of a sudden it felt easy. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 you know, I said, come again. He said, yeah, you're hired. And, and then the cast director, Jackie Birch, uh, Jackie Birch McNamara. Now she said, well, uh, Ro Robert is not Taft Hartley. And he said, Taft Hartley. Uh, and that's when uh, they, they sign you into uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Yep. And in, in that situation before that audition, it's one of those catch 22s, you guys, you can't get a job without a SAG card and you can't get a SAG card without a job. So it's, yep. a, it's a very tricky place to be, which added to the frustration because there was a couple of jobs where I think they wanted to hire me, but I, I wasn't in the, in the actors guild yet. Yep. Yep. So, um, to, to finish that, because maybe many of you are wondering, well, what the hell happened to Craig Shepard? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he fell out to do that was then this is now with Emilio Estevez. Love that um, movie. That S.E. Hinton movie, which was awesome. Yeah. And he yeah. was awesome in. Sure um, was. He, he, he decided to go that direction and, and, and take that film. So I got a call. Um, actually, my brother waved me down. I was surfing out at, uh, at uh, Toes Beach and my brother waved me in and said, uh, dude, Universal's been calling you for like two hours. Like you got to jam over there. There's some kind of emergency. And I thought, oh shit, am I going to get fired? You know? Right. And um, I, I wound up speeding down to Universal Studios, and um, and 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 Jackie Bird said, you know, uh, here's the news about Craig, and we want you to read with this actor who just flew in from New York. And I said, okay. And she said, it's it's another Robert, and uh, he's sitting right over there, and why don't you guys go rehearse and after a few minutes, come on in and, uh, and, 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 you know, read with him. And, and so I, I met Robert Downey Jr. Um, in John Hughes office and it took about four seconds before we knew we were going to be tight friends. And uh, we started to rehearse the scene together and I was a bit in awe of his uh, comedic timing, his comfortability, his execution as an, I mean, the dude was already a Renaissance man, a movie star, a, a, a fucking psychopathic comedian, <laughs> a dementia. And, uh, and I knew, I knew right away um, that he should be a mentor of mine, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. And uh, we went in and we read and just as quick as, as Craig and I got hired, he hired a, a, a Downey to play Ian and, and, and the rest is history. Talk about a dramatically different style too, Craig Sheffer and Robert Downey Jr. Because at that time, Robert Downey Jr. was had that more of a comedic buddy look to him, right? And Craig Sheffer was more of that like chiseled leading man kind of hunky boy, yeah. right? And yeah. so now you're, paired up with a guy who is on the similar level with you. I think as far as you got, you guys really compliment each other or did in the movie, at least. Thank you. I mean, you know, I honestly, Craig was actually pretty funny in the audition and, um, and, and you're right though. Robert was a, a different take on it. 
And, yeah. and I, I, I really get along well with Craig anyway. And I think that that kind of um, like, but those buddy roles, it's really, I think the key is connecting personally. And then yes. you can take that connection and move that, that, that relationship onto the screen. It's just going to work all the time. You guys are still friends. You and Robert are still friends to this day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Love that guy. Post weird science, you knew, okay, you don't have to go to the Marine Corps, but you know, so your mom was probably excited or about that as well. And then, um, <laughs> and then how soon did you, were you able to kind of move out and, and, and then sort of what, what happened? Cause you know, you knew it was John Hughes. You knew, you probably knew something was going to be big about this movie, right? Absolutely. It changed everything. I mean, I, uh, immediately moved out of my mother's house 25 years later. <laughs> um, That's a good call, by the way. Free Italian. Good work. You know? Good work. I was living, I was living at home while I made that movie because it's, it's, it was easier. And I just had a great relationship with my mom. So there was no, there was no, uh, kind of you know weird vibe about that you know when i was only 18 and you know um yeah perfectly acceptable to live at home at 18 right um, oh yeah yeah i mean any age really yeah i mean well, <laughs> you know. mom you think i can move back in um honey you're 40 and you're married relax <laughs> it's just temporary um yeah so then um uh, during the making of that movie, you know, I just learned a lot. I had a, I had a blast. I, I made quick friends with Robert and, and Bill Paxton and Anthony Michael Hall. We were, we were kind of like four amigos a, a, around, around that time. And we had a lot of laughs, man. I mean, Anthony Michael Hall is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met and pair him with the funniest dude I've ever met, which is Downey. Um, when it comes to, spur of the moment, just his own disposition on things like, you know, I, 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 um, I don't want to blow smoke up his ass. Um, but I will because he's Tony Stark. No, uh, it, I'm just telling, I'm just being honest. You know, I I'm 57. I've met a lot of people. I've been to a lot of places in the world and Robert's one of the smartest, funniest dudes I've ever met. And that's just the truth. And, um, and he, he, he really, he really makes me laugh. And, um, and, and without trying, and that's what I, uh, what I love about a great sense of humor is when it's, it's not pushed, uh, it's, 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 it's just genuine, you know? And, uh, and, and so, so Michael and, and Robert and Bill and I, you know, we, we were, uh, painting the town red and, uh, we had a great time in Chicago and, um, came back and, and then the last day of shooting weird science, I had an audition for a nightmare on Elm street too. I had uh, turned. I had crashed my Z twenty eight IROC. Yeah, oh my goodness! I was that guy for a minute. I had the Z twenty eight, and uh, I, I would every three weeks the tires would go bald for me peeling out in it. Um, I was making up for something, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I used to take the the boys on Mr. Toad wild rides, man, around and uh, you know. Michael and, and Bill would be glued to their seat going slow down and Downey would be going faster, 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 faster. Um, and, and so uh, I almost killed us on several occasions, but uh, I had, I had to, you know, I lost the car in a, in a car accident that was no fault of my own. So, uh, no, no, it sounds like it. No. Yeah. 
so Bobby, Bobby gave me a ride to my audition. And, um, and I remember I was asking him some questions and I re- I'll never forget. And I, it, I took it with me for the rest of my auditioning career, at least he's, he was looking at me and, and I was asking him some questions that were pr- probably pertinent. And, and he just looked at me and he said, just don't ever let anything get in the way between you and your work. And then mm-hmm. he took off. He just drove off after that. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. You know, it's and, very dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how you, that's how you impress something upon somebody. Don't you, you just, like, why don't you drop all the yeah. bullshit and just go in there and be yourself is really what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I went into the audition and they had asked me if I had read the script and I said, yes. And they said, what did you think? And I said, well, can I really be honest? And they said, okay, yeah. And I said, well, you know, my friends and I don't really speak this way. You know, they go, what do you mean? I said, well, we don't just use vulgarity if there's not a sense of humor behind it, you know? Mm. And, um, and some of it, it just seems a little crass. And um, I, I just I just don't think it sounds realistic. And they said, well, give us an example, you know? I said, okay. And I flipped through the script. Now that, you know, the pressure's on, right? Yeah. But not really, but kind of. And um, I looked at one of the, the uh, lines in the movie and it said, um, are you fucking her for car fare? And I said, and they said, what would you say? I said, I don't know. Are you mounting her nightly or what, bro? And they were like, <laughs> look at each other and they were like, oh, give us another example. And then I turned the page and it said, uh, fuck you asshole. And I was like, uh, dude, get off my hood. Right. <laughs> yeah just little like twist on it you know yeah and and they said um we really like what you're doing and they pointed downstairs through the window and they said you see that guy sitting on the stairs down there i said yeah they said go outside introduce yourself rehearse with him and come back when you guys are ready we want you to read together and mm. it was mark, it was mark Patton. and and much like I got weird science with Craig and much like how I, you know, reacclimated with, with Robert, I went down and did the same sort of connection with Mark and we went back upstairs and we read together and we got hired on the spot again. And then I thought to myself, well, this shit's easy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Where's this been? Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and then the funny thing is, uh, the great thing as an actor is, you know, they, they say you're hired, you know, um, you're Jesse and you're Grady and, uh, here's our start date. We're going to be in contact with your representation. Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Uh, but do us a favor and, and don't mention anything to the, any of the other actors out there. Right. <laughs> we still have to lead them. Right. Know? Look sad. Look sad right. when you leave. Yeah. And, and so it's great because, you know, you leave and there's always that actor that goes, hey, man, break a leg. Good luck. And I'm just thinking to myself, right. go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Really. <laughs> no, no, that's not right. what I Get really off said. my hood, bro. Get off my hood, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what I really said was back at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. But, but that's, that's an incredibly unusual experience, right? To get hired in the room. 
especially these days. These days, you know, most of it's done later. You know, there's most of the auditions that I that I uh, that I got the job on. You know, you find out later. Most of it. Sometimes, yeah, they, yeah. Sometimes they'll hire you and go, great. You know, uh, when I did uh, 24, um, um, that it was the same thing. The director was watching me, and he goes, stop, stop, stop. Let's just hire this guy. He's great. You know, sometimes it happens that. that way. Yeah. And, 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 and there was nothing really kind of satisfying. It was, it was kind of more like he'll do whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, there's other jobs where, you know, other auditions where uh, I feel like, man, I nailed that shit and you don't get the job. And there's been a few occasions where I feel like, man, I kind of shit the bed on that one. And then I wind up getting hired. Yeah. So you just yeah. never know. Yeah. You really got to well, detach. That's, that's what, yeah. that's what comes as an art later is, uh, yeah. is, is really letting it go and moving on to the next. That must've been wild for you at that time because you're like, okay, like you said, oh, this shit's easy. You know, <laughs> suddenly going from not at being at a place so low emotionally where you're like, ah, fuck it. Um, this is it. This will be my last time I try this to suddenly like, oh, okay, this is gonna, when, when's the next project? The phone is when's ringing. the next movie? Yeah, it's going to work out. So, you know, here comes truth and here comes reality, you know? Um, yep. Then I start to, back then, the TV movie, uh, they, 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 there wasn't really, um, not like it, is, not like it got in the nineties and not like it is today where film stars do television and television people go on to do big movies. Right. In, in, in the late eighties, early nineties, um, they were very uh, different worlds and totally. I started yep. to do television and 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 i really kind of got uh locked out of the a movie scene for a while and mm -hmm. um, and and really uh never really got back in you know uh i i mean people would consider me a b movie actor i i would say my resume in tv is a and my and 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 aside from the iconic you know uh cult classics that i've been lucky enough to be in uh, most of the movies have been kind of B movies. Um, you know, I haven't been uh, the lead in, in, in studio films. Um, and so, you know, a lot of, um, a, just a, a lot transpired, you know, uh, seconds and inches over here and then um, uh, mistakes. Dude, if I'm being honest, you know, like partying. And, yeah. and, and stuff got in the way. And then I, then I wasn't caring so much. And, and then I had some really big disappointments, you know, some, some projects that I was supposed to do that got pulled back. And um, if I started naming, you know, some of the movies that I got hired for, and then they pull back and then they recast because they get a different director or it, there's, there's so many things that are involved politically. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, now I just am grateful looking back in retrospect that I've had the longevity that I've had. I'm still working and I got movies coming out. I'm working on a Western now. You know, I got I'm going next month to 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 work on a on a video game and I got movies in the works. And, you know, um, there's been some really great 
ups and some really um, fantastic momentum swings. And there's been some tremendous downs and um, disappointments and frustrations. And um, it's just, you know, I look, I look back in my life now and it doesn't work that way, but man, if I only knew then what I know now, how yeah. different I would have been able to do it. And then there are certain things that you look back and go, you know what? It worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. And, uh, and so being able to have a, a decent amount of acceptance as that in, in that is, is a gift now. It is. It is. And we have a friend, Richard Horvitz, who's a, an actor and teacher as well. Phenomenal teacher. Uh, talks about there are no coincidences in his opinion. You know, everything happens for a reason, so to speak. And uh, he was on the show and he had mentioned that he was uh, cut from the movie Thrashing. And yeah. <laughs> so he went to the premiere and he's like, where's my, oh, my scene? Where's my scene? I got cut. Oh, Richard. But um, but but you did not. You did not. You were so I mean, many people often say that, you know, Tommy Hook is like the lead is, is the is the main badass of the movie that that character is especially living here in Santa Monica, you know, near Dogtown. It's such a iconic role uh, that that difference between the Valley kids versus the Venice kids, you know, and and that rivalry um, that was kind of portrayed a little bit in Valley Girl, right? With with Nick Cage hmm. being from Venice, and but but here you are, Tommy Hook is like this iconic kind of villain for, from a, like a sports movie. Um, can you take us back a little bit, the thrashing and your times with uh, Josh Brolin and kind of kicking his ass around? Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you talk about thrashing because out of all the films I've done, out of all the television shows, all the projects. Uh, thrashing was the most fun I had hands down on any project I've ever done. It was so oh. much fun and cool. we had such a blast and, you know, I was getting paid to skateboard around, you know, right. Um, stoned out of my mind <laughs> and, and, nice. uh, you know, um, honestly, when I auditioned for that, that was another actually. Uh, example of getting hired on the spot. I went in and I read it. I read this scene with Jimmy McNichol. You guys remember Jimmy McNichol, Christy McNichol's brother. They used to have that television show when I was a kid, singing kind of um, variety show. And anyways, I read. I read with him, and um, and he was reading uh, for Corey, and I was reading for really for Hook. And, and we did the audition and, and, and I could tell he didn't feel very good about what he did. And he, he was, he just wasn't right for it. He was no, nothing bad against Jimmy McNichol. I'm not a hater, but he was, he was soft and it wasn't right for him. He was better for other kinds of things, but not, not that role. And yeah. so he, he, hmm. he, uh, he, he went out of the room and they go, hold on a second. You know, they go, uh, uh, can, can you actually skate? And I said, yeah. And they said, uh, can, can you show us? And I said, sure. And they handed <laughs> me a skateboard and I skateboarded around the parking lot a little bit and I pulled a couple tricks and, and the director goes, oh, I've seen enough. And the producer goes, hey man, do you want to be Corey or do you want to be Hook? Oh, wow. Oh, you got offered go, either one. Yeah. And I go, that's a no brainer. I'll play Hook. 
right? Hell yeah. Hook, hook, hooks the roll. Yeah, and totally. They say, okay. And they go, um, here, here are some of the guys that we're looking at for Corey. And I saw Josh Brolin's picture up there and they, they liked him already, but I said that guy right there. Uh, I had met Josh, um, on an audition, a couple of auditions and I liked Josh. I liked meeting him. I liked Goonies. I liked him. Uh, I met him. He was really cool. And, uh, and, and he was actually, uh, cooler to me in person than I thought he would be from watching Goonies. You know, <laughs> one of those yeah. guys, I was like, Oh, this yeah. dude's kind of punk rock. He's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so I go that guy and they go, and they looked at each other and they go, that's our first choice. Right. If you, oh. if you would have picked Corey, we think we would have wanted him to maybe go for hook. And I was like, yeah. No. And they said, no, 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 no. We're on page with you. Yeah. And 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 uh, and and so it, that's how it worked out. And it, it wasn't because I said I'm. I'm just being clear. Like I picked him, and that's who they liked. And uh, and then Brolin came on and 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 wound up doing the movie. And um and you know I got to be the leader of you know some of my skateboard uh you know heroes growing up. Uh, I, I, I grew up in California. I surfed, I skateboarded, I rode motorcycles. I did martial arts. I, you know, like I was a troublemaker. Like I, I, I loved everything about what we had a chance to show better. If I'm being honest, mm. it got yeah. a little campy and corny for my taste during the making of thrashing. And I thought that we were kind of missing a little bit what it could have been if uh if if only everybody would listen to me no <laughs> if, if, only, if only we didn't get so hung up on kind of um the brighter side of the 80s and not get a little bit darker yeah um, you know that's why i have this movie i'm writing now like uh, i've never seen the 80s depicted you guys the way i lived it never seen it it's always that kind of you know uh, day glow and you know bad hair and which was there by the way yeah but not in hollywood and not in venice beach in the 80s and yeah. um and and i think that the daggers were able to really capture the, what i thought was the magic of that movie but it just could have been a little bit it could have been a little bit better executed right and um when the movie premiered in San Francisco, here's an example. The, the, the daggers were uh, loosely based on a skateboard gang in San Francisco called the Jacks. And the Jacks were these uh, really great skaters, very uh, punk rock and uh, just really super wild in the streets kind of kind of attitude guys, you know, and um, and girls. Uh, there was the Jacks and the Hags and um, and uh, <laughs> nice this lifestyle was was pretty cool, man. Like it was all about surf, skate, and uh, and punk rock, you know. And right um, when the shot came of the daggers coming over the hill, uh, yeah, it, it started a riot in the movie theater, and they shut the movie theater down. Um, really? Oh shit! First night, you know, everybody just went crazy because um, it was a very powerful image and a very, the music and everything about it. And I just that was that part that I knew if we would have stuck with the realistic darker side 
I think that the movie would have been an even bigger hit than it was. I don't disagree with you at all on that. I think you're totally accurate. I think, you know, Dustin and I have covered many of those kind of iconic sport related uh, dramas from the eighties, like rad and North shore. And we do love those movies. We, we certainly do, but they have a, yeah, like a bebop quality to them, you know, where the, where the protect, the antagonist is not really that much of an antagonist. It's more just like a everyday kind of bully. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a little tough turf, which we've talked about quite often had elements of that. It could have been darker. It has a dark side, but it yeah. doesn't necessarily hit. But yeah, you guys like it thrashing rides this fine line of being like, is it a sports movie with the big, you know, trophy at the end? Or is this darker side to it with the daggers kind of going in and, and being more kind of devious? I, I personally like that darker side as well. And would have been nicer to see that more highlighted. Studios were afraid and they thought that they had to bubble gum it in order to make it commercial and, and successful. Yeah. And and our producer, Alan Sachs, actually didn't feel that way either. Um, he, he, he was one of the creators on uh, Chico and the Man and Welcome Back, Cotter. And he had a lot of experience in the business. And so did our director. You know, he... He was really about West Side Story on skateboards and he was totally. Arab from the original West Side Story and he also played it on Broadway. And, and hmm. you know, um, I, I just think the idea was cool, you know, because obviously it's Romeo and Juliet anyway. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I think that um, we did have elements of it and man, there were moments, you know, and and then um there were certain other parts of thrashing that just got, I thought a little kind of corny and it didn't need to be there. Um, but, but it's one, it's again, it's, it is what it is. And it's one, and, and I'll give you an example. Um, Josh Brolin was being interviewed and they said um, to him through all of his tremendous success in the last 15 years, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, by the way. And I That's great to hear. asked him this question. They said, what's the worst movie you ever did? And he said, ah, I'd have to be this movie I did called Thrashing. Mm. And so the next time I saw him, I, I pulled him to the side and I said, hey, man, you, you, you can't talk shit about Thrashing, bro. <laughs> like that movie um, changed people's lives. And, and, and I, I agree with you. We, we, you know, missed the mark in certain areas and, he kind of wanted to be more of a dagger because Josh kind of really is more of a dagger. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that that he felt like some of his scenes with uh, Pamela Gidley, my sister, um, they they kind of made it a little corny, just like they did yeah. with my hair. And there were certain things I was telling him, no, 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 I want my hair. I want I want to do like this whole thing with my hair. And they were like, no, we want it. We want the ponytail and. And it's like for one yeah. line, the Indian thing, right? I go, it's it's like that's not, that's not as hip, man. I fucking oh, that's a mohawk. Let's go calico, like yeah. <laughs> I, there was things that I wanted to do really? differently. Nice. And and I wanted to drop like the blue paint and some of the you know stuff that I just didn't agree with. But you know they they would kind of were adamant about what they wanted and 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 you know I am an actor getting paid and. And I just, I did what the director and producer told me to do. Uh, but I did as much as I can put my own thing on it. Um, and 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 when, when I said to Josh, man, you know, like despite 
some of the things that you and I agree on, um, thrashing, man, some people that I've met, you know, it really impacted their life, much like A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two impacted young gay men in the 80s. Um, totally. Um, thrash, thrashing impacted uh, skateboarders and punk rockers and kids that um, wanted to like get out of a shell and they wanted to like, you know, come up and they wanted to be, they wanted to be gnarly and rad, you know? Yeah. And um, Jeff Bridges gave him this award, uh, a life achievement award at this, at this uh, uh, film festival. And, 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 and Josh invited Natasha and I, my, my girl and I to, to attend. And, and in the middle of uh, the Q and A, he, he, um, he retracted that statement because I spoke <laughs> about it. And he thought nice. about it and he said it on the stage. He goes, you know, I thought about it. My buddy Rustler's here. And, he, and, he, and, he, and I was asked this question and I said something about this movie thrashing. But now I started really thinking about it. And it's probably one of the movies that I'm most proud of. And, um, you know, it's not like it compares to No Country for Old Men or, you know, some of the uh, some of the great films that Josh has been in. But it was more about the idea of what we're talking about, you guys. Sometimes movie comes along and it impacts people and, and and it's innovative and it's different and inspires people. And I think he realized how lucky we are to have been in that movie. Yeah, I'm glad you said something too. Well, cause it's real easy to kind of base it on your own experience. Like if, if what yeah. you're saying is, and he wanted to be more of a dagger and he was held back, then his, then his perception of that experience could be that, you know? I mean, I, I would really argue that, that Tommy Hook is kind of the hero of this movie because you, cause Tommy has empathy and like, you know, he's he's a human being, whereas I feel like Josh's character, Corey, for most of this movie is like, where the fuck is Chrissy? You know, shut up, Hook. And, you know, and you're like, dude, like there's a scene where he calls you or he calls Chrissy and you pick up the phone and he's like, hey, Chrissy. And you're like, no, man, like <laughs> you're having fun with him as anyone would. Like, no, this isn't this isn't yeah. Chrissy. Like, and oh, I'm going to get you, Hook. And it's like it's such a one dimensional <laughs> thing that makes him very unlikable. So he's so for me, it's like that's, that's what, what doesn't... his thing was with it. You hit the nail on the head. He wanted to arc, too, and he had different ideas about it just as I had different ideas about Hook. And I just don't think that he was quite satisfied with that kind of approach that I think that's exactly what he saw and how he felt is like, you know, man, I didn't really want my character to come off that way. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and we all know that Josh is anything but one dimensional, you know. Uh, of course. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you rather be? The ramp locals <laughs> or... The daggers. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, being, that yeah. brings back so many great memories. For those that are listening, I'm showing a picture to, to Robert. Some uh, trading from, cards, from it looks thrashing. like you got there. Yeah, these yeah. cards are, uh, there's a company called Phantom Cardboard, a dude who just makes these really independently. Cool. And uh, you're with Velvet, played by Sherilyn Fenn. Yeah, love her too. Who's a fox. Mm. Yeah, love and, Sherilyn. And so good. And, uh, and Tony Alva. And I mean, I made so many friends in that movie, you guys. I just, I made lifelong friends on that film. And, I love it. And I, awesome. I really I did. It. I really had, uh, you know, Christian Hasoy, who is a professional skateboarder, uh, was a little young and they were kind of reluctant to hire him. And I, I, I was so, you know, 
kind of insistent with them. I said, listen, you really got to get this kid on the daggers because he adds like a lot of legitimacy. He's him and Tony Hawk are the two number one skateboarders in the world. And, you know, right. And, and, and Tony Hawk's not really a dagger. He's more of a ramp local. Yeah. 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 So he's a dagger. And, you know, Tony Hawk was in the film as well. He was uh, in the Del Mar skate scene. Yep. And, uh, but Christian uh, came along um, and they hired him, even though he was still 16. And, um, and, uh, and we became such great friends that we actually became roommates for a few years. And, and we just really had a really good time. So getting back to some of the mistakes, like, in, in the middle of my career, you guys, is it really a mistake? Like you look back and go, well, maybe, you know, I got sidetracked, but would I trade those experiences and the fun that I had to have a better career today? Maybe, but I would never really want to trade those experiences. After a while, they become consequential and then I had to make a change, right? That's why... Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to say to anybody today and, and even in a public forum that I'm clean and sober today. Right. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to get clean and sober because I did it the way I did it. And now I needed to change without a judgment of anybody else and what they do or, or, or what people think about it. Despite even what I think and feel about it, it's really what I needed to do inside. Just like I needed to, to do what I did in, in the nineties, man. Like, you know, there was a couple of times when it was magic and it was perfect. And there was times when the wheels fell off and I, you know, was really troubled and I didn't know what I was going to do. And all through the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations, I will always seem to be able to keep working. And I probably never met the potential. I know I never met the potential that I had. But again, like it's, a, it's, a, it's about accepting like this is what I did. This is who I am. And this is where I'm at now. And who knows? I mean, if I would have hit maybe the success that I knew was in front of me, it wasn't like, oh man, I, you know, I could have, like, I kind of was there and then it kind of dropped. And so it hurts sometimes when you have it and you lose it more than never getting it at all. And who knows if I would have even made it because the way I was going, I might not have made it. And just like a lot of guys that I know that didn't make it great guys like River Phoenix or Rodney Harvey or Harold Pruitt, fantastic people. I got to tell you, you got a beautiful family between you and your, like you said, your girl, you got six kids, right? Absolutely. And you got a relatively youngster in your, in your you got, you know, you're a, a new dad again, essentially. And uh, you look great. Thank you. And you, you do. clean, sober, beautiful, man. Like, yeah, like, uh, you know, that is something to be so proud of. Thank you. In, in a world where we are constantly having to battle that with, you know, friends and family or whatnot. And these things happen Yeah, and you've gone through the fire and you're out on the other side and you're working and you got all the, so all sorts of projects going and on. I'm happy and I've got joy in my life and I'm fulfilled as a man. And that's what matters. The insides yeah. and the outsides are clicking. 
And like you said, awesome. you know, I got a lot of love and responsibilities, you know. Um, yeah. My my oldest son's 18 and my daughter's two and a half. Oh, wow. And, um, and, and um, um, you know, I, I just, I'm in love. And uh, I got a, a whole plethora of friends. I got fantastic friends that I've accumulated over the years growing up here. And, awesome. um, you know, my family now it's it's a strange kind of transition to be the patriarch you know my mom and my stepdad and my dad are no longer with us and 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 through um, losing some great friends talking about acting again watching dozens of actors fall out to quit mm -hmm. and do something else or 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 move you know to the midwest and just go you know i'm kind of done and, and, and I get it, you know, I get why some, uh, some of the actors that I've known that were working all the time, you know, like killing it. Most of the cast of Shag is, is retired. Yeah. They just, they yeah. just kind of like, don't want to do it anymore. And, um, and there was a time in the middle where I would, I, it wasn't really my, my priority. Um, and, um, you know, there's some regrets. Like I said earlier, that's not how life works. You know, life doesn't work that way. Oh, you know, I could, if I could change it, well, you can't, it, yeah. it, it worked out the way it worked out. And, and, and what's the real gift is not letting regrets, um, not attaching to the regret, not wallowing in a regret, not, not, not getting stifled by a mistake or a sin or a regret moving forward. And, you know, that's why, you know, I got clean and, uh, and, and that's why I'm sober. And when I say sober, that getting clean is abstinence, right? I've had many bouts of abstinence, but, but being sober is not just not drinking. Being sober is being sound, being sound of mind, body, and spirit and, and, and working on, 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 you know, mind, body, and soul, and, and, and being a, a good, a good husband and a good father and a great friend. And, and at the end of my parents' life, a good son. And, mm. and, you know, I've taken that into my work now, and I still believe that my best is yet to come. You know, I feel like Amen. I'm a seasoned actor now. So when I get a job, I have a comfort level and a, and a, I have a, a routine that works. You know, I, I study hard and I show up prepared and I'm comfortable standing on my mark. And, um, and I, and I really feel it, it's, it's been a big gift. You know, I, I like to talk about it. And for those of you that are listening, there's a few reasons why I talk about it. I hope to inspire people and, and I hope to let people know that any dreams attainable without being patronizing or corny about it. It's true, man. It's like, no matter if anybody's going through hardships or challenges now, like, everything passes and I'm not on some pedestal like soapboxing, you know, like, man, I'm human like you, you know, and it's like Downey is, you know, I remember when Downey was in big trouble. I remember when he was in big trouble and he was going to prison. I remember when it, it, uh, we didn't think he was going to make it and, 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 and several other friends of mine too, that have gone through tremendous lows and have come back much stronger. I, I think Robert Downey Jr. is probably the greatest comeback story in Hollywood history. And it couldn't happen to a better person.
people go sometimes, man, aren't, do you get jealous? And I go, no, you know, that's not the word for it. I don't get envious. I don't, I'm definitely not jealous because I, I love him too much to be jealous. Mm. Um, it'd be nice to have llamas as pets and a <laughs> $300,000 sports car, you know, but you know, um, the funny thing about Robert is I got to live that life with him from the beginning to now. I don't have to have all that to be able to experience it with him. And he also gets to experience um, the love and the friendship and the camaraderie and the humor and someone to share it with in me when we hang, you know, it's not like we, we hang as tight as we used to because we have families, but when we get together, it's like no time has passed because love there's an eternal connection there that we built through thick and thin. And when we were both going through struggles, you know, we were there for each other. And also, I don't re- I didn't realize how many things I could utilize to help other people or to help mm. my sons mm. or to help other people struggling with addiction. And, and, and that's very valuable. And and even some of the things that happened to me as a boy that are private, that were horrible. I didn't think anything good could come from that, but I was wrong. Because now I help other people that have gone through similar situations and nobody else can help them like somebody who's been through it. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, look, obviously we wanted to have you on our show to talk about your career, but so much more. Thank you for just being so open about talking about everything. Of course. I mean, you know, it is, that is what it is. It's life, isn't it? And that's why I like going to these conventions now, you guys, I go to the conventions and uh, and I meet fans. And my favorite part is just being able to connect and and not really having that kind of, um, you know, I'm the star and you're the fan relationship. Right. But yeah, just a couple yeah. of humans going when they especially when they're when they are fans and they're like, you know, really excited to meet me. There's nothing like uh, letting them uh, see me. You know, that's what feels yeah. good, too, because then I get to see them. And you know what I mean by that, you know? Yes, yeah, totally. It's it's kind of like Avatar, you know, I see you, you know? I see you. <laughs> Robert, thank you so much for coming on our show, man. Like, it really means a lot to us to have you on. My pleasure. Yeah, it's, All good. It's been thank amazing. you for having me. Hey! Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet... Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.